Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, guys. <laughs> That's a bit of a random, random start. Uh, hey, we are doing the thing again. Mm-hmm. We're doing the thing. Again, cutting it really fine for putting this out because schedules. And they yeah. like savings time, and that really sucks. Yeah, that didn't help any. It really didn't. No, no, it really didn't because it because we're on two opposite sides of the world, and you know because daylight savings time is stupid and should be not a thing anymore. Yeah, but that's not the topic. <laughs> Although we could do a topic about that and just get our frustrations out about it. Um, <laughs> Heather's an hour ahead of me, which is already really bad because we were already far enough apart anyway. Yep. So it's now even worse. Yeah. Oh dear. Ain't that the truth? But. This week is uh, St. Patrick's Day. I almost <laughs> got that wrong. But yes, this week is St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so we decided to cover... Last last week, we, last week, last year, we covered um, just general St. Patrick's Day and mm-hmm. what it had become, especially like within the States and stuff. Oh yeah, because what happens over here in the States is it's like nothing like what happens over in Europe and Ireland and England where you know, the holiday actually originates. What we do over here yeah. in the States is bonkers. Yeah. And I, I liver damaging. Oh, true. But I distinctly remember you turning a river or a lake green somewhere. Yeah, there are uh, certain cities uh, that will throw really, really huge St. Patrick's Day parades. I don't think any cities are going to throw particularly huge ones this year because covid i hope not yeah one would hope anyway but (laughs) but there have been times over the years where a river or a pond or a lake or something was turned green with you know special environmentally safe dye well i hope it is because that was like my first concern when i saw it like that doesn't look good for the environment no yeah but anyway there's there's no way that all the environmental groups in the united states would let them get away with it if it was something that was going to be majorly damaging there are there are so many environmental groups in the united states that is true (laughs) so anyway but so we did that last year so if you want to go check out that we can Mm -hmm. this year we decided to go a different sort of route by looking at some of the folklore and interesting sort of creatures and myths from uh, from Irish, from from the Irish history, basically. Yeah, well, um, and Celtic, so like Irish, and there's probably some in there that are also part of Scottish folklore. But especially because yeah. when people think of Irish uh, mythology and folklore, a lot of times they only think of things like fairies and leprechauns and elves. But there's so mm-hmm. many other creatures, and some of them are dark. <laughs> some of them are dark. Uh, so we decided to cover a couple less known ones, and maybe some of the more known ones towards the end. We'll see how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but so Heather found this one, and this is one I'd not actually heard of, um, and it's called uh, the Dullahan, I think. Yes. Is that what you said? The Dullahan. It's, yeah. It's one that I've always thought was particularly interesting personally. Mm. Um, yeah. And I've heard of it in a couple of different places. One is that I had just heard of it in general, reading through Irish mythology at various points in time over my life. 
but also uh, for anyone who likes anime, <laughs> which is probably at least some of the people listening to us, there is an anime. Uh, it's actually, it's a, a manga also, but it's got turned into an anime and it's called Durarara. Uh, for anyone Okay, for anyone who wants to know the spelling on that, because I just, I realized I said that really fast. It's D-U-R-A-R-A-R-A. Durarara. I think if I said that, it would be incredibly, incredibly, um, I don't want to say racist, because it's not (laughs) racist. I could, I could slip into a very, very unfortunate stereotype very quickly. So I'm glad I'm not the one who had to say that. <laughs> Fair. Um, and I appreciate uh, that that's yeah. a concern you have. Um, but Well, I mean, I don't know how to speak that language. And I am going to butcher it, so I'd rather not. Because it's a really nice language. They all are. All the, mm-hmm. uh, the oriental, uh, oriental languages are really nice. I just don't know any of it. Yeah. And there's actually, there's other... Um, anime and manga that have Dullahan characters in them here and there. Mm-hmm. There's one called Monster Musume. There's another mm-hmm. one called Interviews with Monster Girls. And um, they're all different styles of anime so you'd have to look, go look them up to find out if any of them are even the kind of stuff you like watching. But the mythology of the Dullahan is interesting um, because it's actually also thought to be one of the basis, uh, bases for the um, Headless Horseman myth of yeah. Sleepy Hollow because the Dullahan is a headless rider. Mm-hmm. And he's they're always depicted as headless riders, usually on a black horse, carrying their own head under their arm. And they're usually male, not always, but usually male. There are some female versions. And honestly, most of the anime that I've seen that have a Dullahan character, the Dullahan is female. Um, In fact, the three I mentioned all have a female Dullahan. Um, The Durarara, uh, the Dullahan's name is... uh, I can't remember if they say it's Selty or Kelty, but I think it's Selty Sturluson. Um, I like that that's the name they've gone with because that's very <laughs> specifically very close to Celtic or Celtic. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to say that one either. Um, Monster Musume, the Dullahan is named Lala. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in interviews with Monster Girls, the Dullahan is named uh, Kyoko Machi, uh, which is a very Japanese name for something that didn't originate in japan um i will say those three those are three i've heard of which besides the fact Mm. that they're in a list we have in front of us is also why i mentioned those three i haven't seen them all i've only seen parts of durarara i didn't actually even finish the anime um it just wasn't my style of show but in all three cases um the character get just given the titles and what little i know of the shows um, a lot of them feature like sexy female types. So you're dealing with a doula hand that's usually got an attractive female body, probably an attractive female face, but the face and the body are not attached to each other, which mm. is some interesting territory. Um, but beyond that, 
the the original mythology of the Dullahan is that they are the embodiment of a Celtic god. The Celtic's god, I can't, bleh. the Celtic god's name is, I'm going to butcher this because I don't speak Gaelic, Cromdub or something like that. I'm probably not saying this right. C-R-O-M-D-U-B-H. You did about as well as I would. <laughs> um, it means dark, crooked one. And, um, you know, I could see that. <laughs> generally speaking, in traditional Dullahan mythology, when you're not dealing with anime that has lots of pretty girls, the, the mouth is usually in some sort of hideous grin that stretches to both sides of the head. So think like Jack Skellington's uh, smile when he was angry and evil. Um, yeah, but he's, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> the eyes are constantly moving and searching the night. Um, the flesh of the head is usually said to be sort of decayed. The Dullahan is also believed, again, in classic mythology, not in what you're going to see in anime, uh, to use a spine of a human corpse for a whip. And it its wagon, which it also sometimes rides around in, sometimes it's a, a wagon pulled by a horse and not just a black horse. Its wagon, if it has one, is adorned with uh, black funeral objects like candles and skulls and the spokes on the wheels are sometimes made out of bones and the wagon is sometimes covered in human skin like very very dark gothic like oh creepy what what why <laughs> and they believed that the Dullahan, if it stopped writing wherever it stopped a person was going to die there so it was a little bit similar to how a banshee cry or scream, whatever you want to call it, the wail of a banshee would predict someone dying in a family, except the Dullahan would predict someone dying in the area. So if, if a Dullahan stopped in your village, someone in your village was about to die. You didn't know who, but someone in your village was about to die. The Dullahan would call out the person's name, then telling everyone who it was going to be. Um, and it would draw away the soul of its victim, and the person would immediately drop dead. Cool. So very Grim Reapery. Very but Grim Reapery. May, maybe even more emo than the Grim Reaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there is for anyone who wants a happier story that has a Dullahan in it. Um, the Dullahan is still creepy, but the story itself ends much happier than the creepy stuff I just talked about. There's an old movie. It's really old. It's like Sean Connery was still young and hot old. Oh. It's called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Um, and it's about a man named Darby O'Gill and his interactions with leprechauns and other fey creatures in Ireland where he lives. Sean Connery plays the love interest of Darby O'Gill's daughter. Okay. Um, yeah, but that tells you how old this movie is. It's really old, but you can find it online still. And there's a Dullahan in it towards the end. Darby, Trey, uh, well, okay, I don't want to give away the end of the movie for anyone who's going to go watch it. But sure. basically Darby makes a deal that ends up with him in the coach of the Dullahan. And so you get to see the Dullahan arrive and it's a creepy headless writer. He doesn't have his head with him. I think it was 
this movie was kind of like a Disney kids movie-esque, like old school Disney before they got super PC. So they were still trying to keep it not scary, like not terrifying. So he's not carrying a head. (laughs) But he is headless. There's just there's like a hooded. Yeah, it's it's like a cape that's got like a high neck and there's just no head Uh, in the neck. uh, Lovely practical effects. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, in reality, um, the human's head was probably hidden in the chest piece, but, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, But I've um, always ever, like, I watched that movie when I was a little kid. Um, <laughs> Not super little, because that would have been scary, probably, but reasonably young enough. Um, and yeah, to be I, fair, like, your parents, you've said before that your parents were a little lax on ratings yeah, for films sometimes. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't I mean like not, I don't want to make it sound like they way. didn't screen what we watched at all cuz that's not true. But it was very no, much one they, of those things where they were very very aware that my brother and I understood movies were fake. Yeah. Like I was yeah, the kid I, I who at like sorry. 6 years old didn't clap for Tinkerbell cuz I wanted to see if it was real. I'm not kidding. Fair. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I didn't think you would be, but no, I didn't mean that your parents like were like were like you watch like the worst things on TV or whatever. Like, but like generally, I, yeah, you're a very mature person. I can imagine you were a mature child as well. Yeah, it didn't always work out well for them, but yeah. Um, well, there was the clown one, and that was yeah. Now. Well, the clown one though, like intrinsic like i'm not phobic i can look at a clown and not freak out and run the other way it's not like that level of creeped out i just don't like them like if if i have a choice between clown and no clown i'm gonna choose no clown if i'm forced to be in a room with someone in a clown costume i'm not gonna curl up in a ball in the corner and not function you know uh, that's probably fair (laughs) You know that it's it's like that level. It's like they make me squiggy, but I don't like hate them so much that I can't function. Yeah, like you, you know, it's just a person in a costume. Generally. Yeah, yeah. And the other um, thing is too, like they... if it was someone in a clown costume that I knew, because like at one point one of my old coworkers' mothers was working as mm. a clown, and she came to a a function like a festival we had to raise money for a charity she came as a clown to do like face painting and stuff didn't creep me out at all because i knew exactly who she was and i'd met her before out of makeup and she was always super sweet and also she didn't do like the traditional creepy clown face she mostly just like made herself slightly more pale and had like big hearts on her cheeks yeah so like that kind of stuff was fine and she was wearing like a skirt instead of like the traditional huge clown pants and a big red nose like that was fine. That didn't bother me at all. But like, if yeah, a random person in a full-on clown costume walked up to me on the street, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, we're getting off to- a topic, but I don't want to bring this up because we got into clowns. Uh, in the UK, a couple of years ago, actually more like five years ago, we had people running around at night in clown costumes with weapons. They weren't attacking people; they were just chasing people. Yeah. And like it was no terrifying like like most one attacking people and that was the scary bit like some of them some people had been attacked and they didn't they couldn't prove it was the clowns and but 
<laughs> no, I didn't like that at all. Didn't like it at all. Yeah, no. I would have started carrying one of my weapons with me on my walks home. Yeah, I would not have blamed you. It was mm-hmm. a bad, bad time. I, it was more like in London and that kind of places, so it wasn't didn't really affect me much. But mm-hmm. I still was just like, no, don't, no. Nah, yeah, no. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Um, okay. Only other thing I can see on on here, which we didn't mention, was uh, with the Dullahan, is that are rumors that apparently gold objects or uh, like things made out of gold can make them disappear. So, mm-hmm. but that that was like the only thing that I could find that we hadn't already mentioned. Um, yeah. Oh, and then um, I guess one thing to mention is that like I've always heard of them referred to as the Dullahan. Mm-hmm. However, um, there were some other names for them, including Durahan or Dulahan. Dulahan? Okay. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. I can't, I can't say that. It, it looks like Dulligan, but then Dulligan. in parentheses, it says the Irish translation, which has a bunch of like marks over it and looks like Dulachan. So um, okay. I'm not saying this correctly, but there were other pronunciations and variations of the name. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, amazingly, we are already at pseudo break time. So I, I guess we'll go into Well, that's assuming we're doing a half an hour. <laughs> well, that is true. But I will also counterpoint that we're tired. <laughs> I mean, fair. That is fair. Either way, we'll go into potentially early mid-roll. Maybe not. We'll find out later, I guess. (laughs) So we'll see you all in a sec, guys. Um, Hi, everyone, Uh, and welcome to uh, this episode's mid-roll. So, as usual, we want to start off by talking about our amazing sponsors, and I want to talk about World Anvil. Uh, WorldAnvil.com is a fantastic campaign management and world building software that we definitely recommend you check out. They've got so many different amazing features, including map building features and the ability to essentially make a wiki of whatever world you're creating, whether it be for a story or for your campaign that you're running for your players. It's got so many different campaign management tools, including ways to link the different characters and how their interactions are with each other as well as put links to the map that you've created of your world. It's just an amazing tool and you can sign up for free at worldanvil.com. And then if you want any of the paid features or if you're loving it and you decide you want to expand even more, you can sign up to become a guild member and pay a very reasonable fee, honestly, especially if you start off with the lowest level to get some of the additional features and go from there. And they're constantly updating, they're constantly improving, constantly bug fixing when they have them. Like the, the development team is putting up putting out updates all the time, like multiple times a week, they're fixing things and getting things running even smoother on a daily basis, practically. Cannot recommend them enough. And they're also just amazingly nice people. Uh, so we definitely recommend you check it out. It's worldanvil.com. Yeah. We love them, and we also love the wonderful people over at Castle Die Hard for DieHardDice.com. They have the most gorgeous and wonderful dice that I've seen in a while. If you're not talking about like handcrafted, like ridiculously expensive dice, they 
they have the best dice ever. Like they have so many different uh, color options and materials, and they keep expanding with all that. They they keep um, making new accessories as well. Like they've got this one of rolling, which we talk about a lot. Collectible dice trays. So many different color options for their dice and styles. Now they're using their mm-hmm. their molds for which they created for their metal dice uh, for their resin dice now as well so you can have multiple different sort of styles and colours. They also have their multi-class metal D20s that click together with more like different um, colour options on both sides. They have so many different options and they keep coming out with amazing stuff. We love them so much. We've been working with them for like three years now, even longer mm-hmm. now. Uh, anyway, but they have, uh, if, yeah, if you find anything that you like on the website you can use the code NOSMITH hyphen M-A-R uh, no, that's Nerdsmith hyphen M-A-R for 10% off your next purchase which they also offer free shipping in the US which is great um, very very di- uh, very very reasonable and discounted shipping for the rest of the world which I've taken advantage of a few times and it's super super good we love them you can definitely find pretty much anything you're looking for oh they've also got little meeples for like uh, tabletop RPG uh, like oh they do yeah they have nice little metal meeples so if you basically can jazz off any kind of game that you're playing we love them go check them out at castle diehard at dieharddice.com okay so now that we've covered the people that we really like and we like working with we're gonna talk a bit more about a few more irish creatures okay mm-hmm. okay welcome back uh so we went off on a tangent after mine and it's your turn yeah we did um I think I'm going to cover one, another one that you found, but I think it's fun, uh, is the Changeling, mm. uh, which has been ref- historically referred to as an orf or an oaf, uh, A-U-F or O-A-F, is a human-like creature found in folklore uh, around Europe, but uh, was definitely um, um, covered in Ireland uh, because they are to believe to have been a fairy that had been left in place uh, of a human stolen by fairies. So if you're familiar with D&D, kind of like doppelgangers. Which... Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, my understanding of a changeling and the way I've mm. always heard the story is that um, the fairies, for one reason or another would leave behind a fairy child to in place yes. of a human child and then they would take the human child as their own and the reason why they wanted the human child varied yeah so um so yeah like uh yeah changeling is typically identifiable by a number of ways especially in irish legend a fairy child may appear sickly and won't grow in size like a normal child would like you just said and they will uh, may be notable physical characteristics such as uh long teeth or beards even though that still would be a child age uh they more may also display intelligence far beyond uh, what normal babies and stuff would possess and also have very good insight. Common way uh, that a changeling could identify itself is through uh, displaying unusual behaviour when it thinks that it's alone, such as jumping about, dancing, and playing instruments. Though the last example is found only within uh, Irish and Scottish legends. Uh, other reasons, uh, reasons they could be taken would, would be to act as servants. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the love of a human child, so they just want someone to love, or malice. Mm-hmm. You know, fairies, not all of them good. 
Yeah. Um, some versions I've heard of, like, mm-hmm. you know, random fairy tales here and there uh, and sto- myth stories about the idea was that um, one of the things that would happen, especially in the case of love for a human child, is mm-hmm. that uh, his, you know, in some mythos, the the fae were not uh, as fertile as humans. They weren't able to have as many children. And so in some cases, a human child would be taken and either a like a lesser fae child. So like not an not a high fae, but a lower fae, like um, that a lower fae would be exchanged for the human child because a high fae wanted the human child or sometimes instead of a true fae child, they would leave behind almost like a um, almost like a magic copy. Yeah. Like a simulacrum kind of thing. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, other things is that they uh, often were used in exchanges for for children, uh, and in sort of cases like elderly fairies uh, would be exchanged for humans so that they could be looked after by by us, basically. Uh, yeah and in all yeah, in all cases like, oh. the human child or the whoever was exchanged for the human child was disguised magically to look like the human yeah. child yeah they were disguised to look as much like them as they can mm-hmm. uh charms such as inverted uh, inverted coats or open iron scissors left by the child were thought to like um you know ward them off mm-hmm. uh, and other other things are just like constantly watching children, which I guess is a good way to get people to look after their kids. But yeah. Um, um, uh, they would also sometimes take adult humans, especially newly married ones and new mothers. Young adults were taken to marry fairies instead, while new mothers were often taken to nurse fairy babies. Mm-hmm. That's one, that's a bit weird. I don't like that. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, and in those situations, quite often something was left behind, magically disguised to look like the human. Yeah, uh, the object in place would seem to be uh, seem to sicken and die, uh, to, and to be buried by by the human family, so they didn't have to keep up any kind of long disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently. Okay, so Bridget Cleary is apparently one that's supposed to be well known, uh, that they thought was a child, and her husband killed her, attempting to force the fairies to return his real, wa- real wife. That's sad. You know, I think I've actually heard of her. I've heard of her. I think. Um, oh God, I couldn't tell you right now what's what TV show it was by any means, mm. but. Um, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, that I have seen a, um, oh yeah, lore. So there's, um, there's a podcast that then became a a short TV series, uh, called Lore. They have some of them on Amazon, but one of the stories they covered was the story of Bridget Cleary who um, basically she started behaving in ways that her husband thought indicated she was a changeling 
and um, she she tried to convince him it wasn't the case and uh, things like that. And he just eventually he went a little crazy and uh, <laughs> he killed her because he was convinced that she wasn't who she said she was. The only thing that really makes me sad about that is that it's very, it's very possible that she potentially had something like a brain tumor, which would just change her personality because that's, that happens a lot when if you develop things within your brain, um, it can really drastically change. Um, like if you had any any kind of head injury as well, it can drastically change your personality and stuff, mm-hmm. and that I that makes me very sad. Yeah, I hadn't um, I hadn't looked into the story extremely heavily, mm-hmm. but I do know that. Um, at least in the the TV ad- adaptation that I saw, one of the things that was going on is that she was starting to make more money than her husband using her sewing machine. Okay. It, the way they depicted it was that, and I they may have done more research, I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. the way they depicted it was that she had started to make more money than him because her, um, her dressmaking was popular and so she had like treated herself to some nicer or fancier looking clothing that he didn't approve of and also that she sometimes um went to a a place that was thought to be a fairy ring right of stones and so that was a thing weird interesting but weird mm-hmm. yeah it was really sad because yeah. like you said there there if she was behaving strangely most likely something had happened that made her ill and just back then people didn't that. understand and so no yeah that yeah that's a, i mean it's it's a sad note to end on but things happen people mm-hmm. especially when people didn't know what they were looking for um, unfortunately yeah as for changelings there's like a lot of different uh, interpretations of them like from poland and scandinavia and spain germany cornwall mm-hmm. there are loads of other ones to look at um basically all over europe the, pretty much we're just going to focus on the irish one because that's the episode but you can definitely find other interpretations of them um mm-hmm it's your turn to pick one now (laughs) okay um so the next one i want to talk about is one that i think is interesting because it can be good or bad and Mm. that's a puka yes uh, i heard you mention this one i've never heard of this one to be honest so a puka and there's a couple Mm -hmm. different spellings of it um the one i've most commonly seen is p-o-o-k-a And they're considered to be bringers of both good and bad fortune. Mm. Um, They can either help or hinder rural and marine communities. And they are often depicted as having dark or white fur or hair. They're also shape changers, and they can come in a variety of appearances. The most common that they would take the form of were horses, goats, cats, dogs, and hares. 
Um, and in all of those cases, they would either they were often either like really dark gray, really dark brown or black or white, and nothing in between. They were either a really dark color or really white. Um, in most of the stories I've read, uh, especially in the situations where they had they were white something would be strange about their eyes. Like their eyes would be a color that they shouldn't be. Okay. And in some cases they'll take human forms in which case though, they usually have some sort of animal feature like a tail or ears. Interesting. Um, and there's variations of the puka in other Northwest European culture. Um, Welsh mythology has something similar and so does Cornish, for example. Um, so there's different variations of it. Um, and it's kind of weird because I, one of the reasons I think they're interesting is that they very much can be either good or bad. And a lot of it just depends on the story. Mm -hmm. Um, they're generally known for being mischievous. So they don't, they don't necessarily do something that's going to hurt the person, but like they might get a person lost in the brambles, like, you know, getting them to follow them or something like that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily something that's going to kill them, but like trickstery, but yeah. then they'll, there's, yeah, but then there's also a lot of tales where they do something helpful, um, in particular with like farmers where, um, there's a story where um, someone felt like noticed the invisible presence of a puka and um, they were nice to it. And because they were nice to it, the creature helped them. You know, stuff like that. So there, there are stories of them do, being helpful, but then there's also stories of them being awful. And there's even some stories of them being like crazy and dark creatures and man eaters and hunting down and killing people. So like they're all over the board. It just depends on where and when the story's from. Okay, in, so they vary wildly. That's at least something that's interesting. Yes. In in most of the stories I've heard there's they're mischievous but not necessarily out to kill you. But they're also it's also something where like they might get you into mischief that is like reasonably bad mischief. Like yeah. maybe you end up trapped in a hole or something and someone has to come save you, but not necessarily something where you're going to die. Sure. I mean, that's okay. The, the thing that I, the only thing that I thought that is if they lured you into a hole and then they kind of knew no one was going to come, but they go and get someone. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sharp things yeah and that there's a i mean there's so many different depictions of it yeah in so many different stories and books like there's no way for me to to cover them all no, that's fine. there's no way for me to cover them all um i can tell you you know earlier i mentioned darby o'gill and the little people in that movie yeah. there's also a puka okay. and that particular puka is a bad puka it's a bad puka it's a bad puka. It it's a mischievous puka. It leads someone astray, and it doesn't. If I'm remembering correctly, it doesn't directly injure the person, but it leads them to be injured. Okay, that's not so. Good. That particular puka wasn't a good one. Fair enough. 
um, the only sort of thing that I could see um, is like in ways of like warding is um, cold iron is used apparently mm-hmm. um, which is fairly common for use against fairies yeah if you've ever read the Dresden Files you know that <laughs> hmm. or like oh, any fairy tale ever any fairy tale alright so we've covered a couple of the like interesting sort of lesser known ones do you want to quickly do uh, leprechauns and banshees? Sure. We're, we're only just at 30 minutes. Sure. We're I mean, we could do... We, let's save leprechauns for last and we can do banshees. Sure. <laughs> banshees. 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 I think they're uh, interesting, too. Yeah. All right. So banshees, uh, uh, also known as, quote, woman of the fairy mound or fairy woman, is female spirit uh, in Irish folklore who heralds at the death of families, uh, family members, by usually by wailing, shrieking, or kneeling. A keening. Keening. I don't know how I said <laughs> her name is connected to the mythology mythologically important uh tumil of or mounds that dot the irish countryside and uh, which are known as uh side s-i-d-e singular sid in old irish uh yes. they sometimes have long streaming hair and they wear gray cloaks over green dresses and uh, their eyes are normally red from continual weeping although it's more supernaturally red than just yeah and there's a lot of different depictions of banshees there it's always a woman yes and they're often very pale with some sort Mm -hmm. of like ghastly ghost-like complexion and then beyond that it just depends on the depiction because i've seen some where like the banshee looks almost beautiful and has like red hair streaming behind her and is wearing white and looks very like like a a spirit that's screaming in sadness as opposed to something creepy. And then I've also seen really, really creepy, like, who is this lady? Get her away from me kind of yeah. banshee looking things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it says, uh, size, uh, size of the banshee is another physical feature that differs a lot between regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some, some are unnaturally tall. And, but the majority of them have the height, like, like being fairly short. Uh, anywhere between a foot and four feet, so pretty short for... Although, I guess, if it's, you know, like, folklore, people wouldn't have been much taller than that, so maybe about average height for them, potentially. Uh, and then it goes along with a description of old women sometimes, uh, but mm-hmm. like you said, sometimes they can be um, very, very beautiful and that kind of thing. Yeah, and... Uh, um In the keening specifically is... Uh, thought of as being something of a banshee because in Ireland and in parts of Scotland, there's mm-hmm. a funeral tradition um, where part of the mourning is having a keening woman. And um, literally it's someone who's wailing in lament and walking behind the funeral procession. And this is, this is something that actually people will be paid to do. That's what a, what a weird job. Yeah. I mean, what a weird job. Hey, if hey, if that's how they do things, cool. I think that would be really unsettling, personally. Same. Um, but because of that, some I some of the Irish legends that they think are oops, talking about banshee mm-hmm. talk about how a fairy woman sings about a family member, and like 
keens over a family member that's about to die. And so in that way, Banshee were also considered predictors of death. Mm-hmm. Um, also comes yeah. in cases about families like who hadn't heard news of death yet because of distance. And her wedding would be the first warning that the household had of that death, which is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing, too, is uh, that I think is interesting is that a lot of the... Uh, there are some stories that talk about the Banshees being tied to specific families. And in some cases, uh, the stories talk about only people of, like, descendants of pure Malaysian um, stock of Ireland, some of the last settlers of Ireland before it really became its own country um, prior to colonization and whatnot. But um, a lot of those people, their uh, their names start with O or Mac, or so Mac or Mick. So for anyone who's not familiar with the way Mac and Mick are different when it comes to surnames over in Ireland and Scotland and whatnot, traditionally Mac M A C is Scottish, and Mick M C is Irish. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, traditionally. There's all you know, you're always gonna find an oh, exception yeah. somewhere. But if oh, you uh, look uh, over um Irish versus Scottish surnames, someone whose last name is McIntyre versus McIntyre. Um well, you still say it McIntyre usually, but it but uh, does the, 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 the spelling is different. Like, my grandmother's maiden name was McIntyre, but her father was Irish, so it was spelled M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. Mm-hmm. Whereas if her father had been from Scotland, it more likely would have been spelled McIntyre, M-A-C. M-A-C, yeah. Yeah. So anyone with O, Mick, or Mac at the beginning of their name was thought to be more likely to have a banshee tied to their family. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another sort of, sort of interesting thing is this: is if several banshees appear at once, it normally indicates the death of someone great or holy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, apparently, if there are a lot of a lot of wailing, then somebody of great importance is going uh, has died or will die. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it does. A lot of people would be sad when that person goes. I think I can see that. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's about it for Banshees, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the last obvious one we, we've got is Leprechauns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're not going to spend very long on because people know what Leprechauns are. Uh, they're, the, they're the fellas who are very short, generally. Wear a lot of green, or at least in American <laughs> American um, translations, and mm-hmm. generally wait at the end of rainbows. Uh, what else can we find? Because that's a bit short. Uh, yep, they've also been depicted as shoemakers who have gold hidden at the end of rainbows, and um, it's funny because in in old Irish mythology, there aren't very many leprechaun-like creatures. They really became more popular in later folklore. 
Okay. So yeah, and they always seem to be partab- uh, seem to be pictured in green. Although it doesn't actually say that they wear green. It just says that little bearded men wearing coats and hats and are fairly mischievous. But they always seem to be in green. I'm guessing because like Irish colours are green, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they also appear in Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> yeah, they are the the guess who the little people are. Guess who the little people are? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. They, um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm just reading, trying to find if I can see anything that's interesting uh, to mention. But you had something. Well, one interesting thing is that the leprechaun is often said to be a solitary creature Mm -hmm. um, whose principal occupation is making and cobbling shoes and who enjoys practical jokes. So that's sort of a very traditional version. And then we have the super, super duper commercialized, Americanized version, like (laughs) her. Like the guy from the Lucky Charms commercials. It like as as someone who has some Irish ancestry, every time I see that cartoon leprechaun dancing across the screen going hearts, stars, and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, it just makes me cringe. I have <sighs> never seen that advert. I don't think You're, I want to. It's, it's a so Lucky Charms for, for anyone who's not from America, Lucky Charms is a children's serial that's extremely sugary it um it's made up of some well they're i think they're random but they're probably supposed to be based on something who knows little um cereal pieces that are a similar they kind of remind me of a similar type of texture as like a cheerio but they're a little smaller they're not round they're shaped they're in various shapes and they're um coated in a sweet sugar coating. It's not super thick, but it's there. And then also in the cereal is a bunch of marshmallow puff, like little marshmallow. Um, and they're in all different colors and all different shapes. There's hearts, stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, pots of gold and rainbows, and the red balloons. Okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> And the commercial Hannah's face when she did that was pained. Pained is the word. Yeah. So so the commercial um almost always features the little sing song of the different shapes. And honestly, it has changed over the years. Cause when I was a kid, not all of those marshmallows existed. We had heart stars and horseshoes and clovers. Heart stars, horseshoes, clovers. Pots of gold and rainbows and the red balloons. The blue moons got added later. And actually, I think the pots of gold might have gotten added later. But we had the rainbows and the red balloons. Yeah, I'd have to look qu- it up online. But it, it basically, they expanded the song as, <laughs> as they added more marshmallows. And so now it's like a little ditty. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. really a song, but it's like a little sing-song rhyme that gets put in all of the commercials. Heart stars it's and a... horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, pots of gold and rainbows, and the red balloons. Yeah, it's it's a commercial that's meant to stick in children's heads. That's exactly what it is. Yes, and it succeeds. Yeah. It succeeds. Oh, I bet. 
Um, yeah, um, fun fact uh, about that cereal. I know about it. It's not av- It's not allowed in the UK. It's too sugary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, there's like, there's others that I know aren't allowed in the UK for sugar and or red dye number four type reasons. Yeah, like some some independent stores order boxes of them to sell, which they're allowed to do. Uh, but like the price on them is ridiculously it indicates like, how much it costs them to get them. They yeah. have to get them no, shipped. it's a. It's a pain. And there's other cereals that you guys can't get over there, too. Like, I know Fruit Loops aren't allowed. No, we just have Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> so for anyone over here in America, I feel like we may have talked about this once before, but um, there's a lot of foods over here that we're allowed to have that the European, and in particular, the British government has looked at the contents and gone, that's not good for you. <laughs> and because they looked at it and said, wow, that's really not good for you, um, it's not allowed to be imported. Yeah, it does. At least not in bulk. Not, not like like you said, a, a shop could order a couple of boxes, but you're not no. going to go to like a big chain of stores no. like a Tesco or an Asda and be able to find Lucky Charms and uh, Fruit Loops. Girl Scout cookies as well. Girl Scout yeah. cookies are another one. Yeah, can't, um, can't get them here. And yeah, some Ben and Jerry flavors not available here. Mm-hmm. That I mean, there's all sorts of things, and in some cases, it's the sugar content. Like with Lucky yeah. Charms, it's probably the sugar content mostly. Um, yeah. with there's very Fruit Loops, nutritional value in there, and it's yeah, marked with, as a cereal. We're kind with of fruit, against that now. I know with with Fruit Loops, it's a combination of the lack of nutritional content and also the fact that it has a lot of food dye yeah we're against that a, a, a lot, lot of food dye yeah um so those aren't allowed um we actually for a while um my dad before it became like too ridiculously expensive to keep doing it um was shipping <laughs> boxes of american cereal to some of our relatives in england <laughs> Because <laughs> it was cheaper for them to pay us to ship it over to them that way than for them to try to find it themselves. Yeah, and the, the times they had, marked up. yeah, the times so they had, yeah, the times they had visited us here in the United States, they got a taste for the cereals. Like they liked it as a treat. They didn't want it on like constantly, but it no. was one of those things where like someone's birthday was coming. So we would ship them a box of like cereal and cinnamon, cinnamon Altoids. You guys aren't allowed to have cinnamon Altoids no, because of no. the red dye. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I... <laughs> when I went to America in like 2019, it was an experience. Let me tell you that. <laughs> One I know. thing well, that I, I took away from your trip, <laughs> I hate, I hate that the price on the sticker in the store is not what you pay. I <laughs> hate it taxes <laughs> yeah yeah that i remember you complaining about that you didn't like that the taxes got added at the cash register <laughs> no that doesn't that makes no sense like i want to know that when i'm standing in the aisle i can afford this and you know i can't at that like... <laughs> oh this is I, I do topic. remember you complaining about that um it's just frustrating it's but just yeah, well frustrating. and 
I, I will say that was one nice thing about the UK was knowing exactly what I was paying for stuff. And when I visited family there back in college, it weirded me out the foods that you guys weren't allowed to have over there. Mm-hmm. Like I had brought at the, at the time I was semi addicted to cinnamon Altoids. <clears throat> like they were my favorite, like S- breath mints slash if oh. I want something to like crunch on yeah. candy wise, I had my cinnamon Altoids instead of like true candy. I had a bunch of them that I brought with me to England. Cause I was going to be there for five weeks visiting various family yeah. members. Mm-hmm. Like, huge tins the big tins of altoids i brought those over (laughs) with me and um i ended up leaving like half of them there because my relatives that i stayed with the most they were like these are amazing i hate that we can't get these can we have what you have left (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing so i left it there and then um some of the times when my dad sent boxes of cereal and stuff over, he also sent a few boxes, a few of the tins of the cinnamon Altoids, Altoids. because you still, you can't get them over there. No, we can't. We, we absolutely and they're can't so good. They're so good, but they're full of red food coloring, so you're not allowed to have them. But you guys no. have the regular Altoids. Yep. Yeah. I've seen yeah. the regular Cause, ones. Cause but the cinnamon color. ones, they won't let you have them because of the red food coloring. Mm-hmm. And the additional flavors and all that. We're really strict yeah. on it really strict yeah that was a really <laughs> that was a really weird uh tangent but i kind of like it to wrap up this episode <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but so yeah uh that's a little bit about irish folklore and also a little bit about the differences between the uk and america i guess yeah, it the random fits... things that we go off on tangents about for like every episode <laughs> i mean to be fair if they if they don't expect it now i i'm sorry but it's not going to change. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Anyway, but thank <laughs> you for listening. I'm, I'm calling a stop. I'm, I'm, I'm making the executive decision. I'm pushing the button. <laughs> because we can't just go straight back into a different topic. But we will be calling it here. We hope mm-hmm. you enjoyed our rambles. And our actual talking about Irish folklore. We have no idea what we're doing next time. We'll figure it out, I'm sure. Nope. I know we're coming up on May. And May is good for Star Wars, but we're not quite there yet. No, we got to get through April first. We got to get through April first. So, please join the Nerdsmith Discord if you want to talk to us and give us ideas for things that you want to listen to, and mm-hmm. we can basically steal them and then send them back in in our voices. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we hope you're all doing good. We hope you're all staying safe. Hopefully, some of you have been able to get your vaccines because they're they're rolling out. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, my mom is fully vaccinated now, which is great. Uh, so yeah, we yeah, I'm bad at wrapping up, but this is us wrapping up. We hope you enjoyed. <laughs> uh, we will talk to you again very soon, and I think we're both going to go collapse into bed. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Anyway, very much love us. <laughs> talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.